215, though, right, Johnny? To be yeah. uh, if for our purposes yeah. of our world, exactly. 215 with our own T.J. Matthewson, who does a tremendous job putting together the pre pregame. Josh at 2:30 with the pregame show. He and Jim Wilson will be working together this afternoon. That's a treat. And that Jim, whom I spoke with earlier, and he will join us at about 12:30 today. Uh, to talk about uh, Beaver baseball, the things that he gleaned and learned uh, while listening and watching the Gavin Turley home run, which I hear was majestic. And it's interesting to talk to Jim about it because he said on Flow TV or Twitter or wherever it was that the Turley home run in his Mm -hmm. first at-bat as a Beaver, a sign of things to come, to be sure, with this young man. But I have not seen the video yet. I didn't see. I wasn't even able to listen to it when it happened. So I have no experience of the home run other than knowing he hit one in his first at-bat. Yesterday, in visiting with the coaches in Mitch's office during and after practice at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field, a practice that ended as the snow began to fall at Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. But when we got to Gavin Turley, what's that? I said, okay, Dan Fogelberg. It's a beautiful tune. That's by a the great way. tune. It's a true story. It's a beautiful song filled with, uh, you know, I mean, Dan sings it and tells it. I didn't know it was a true story. It sounds yeah. like it. It had yeah. the, the feel of real, the like, same old Lang Syne. The snow had turned to rain. I mean, that whole thing is beautifully told. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song by a man who had a nice run, the late, great Dan yeah, Fogelberg. Right. I liked him. That and Run for Run for the Roses are the two, oh. his two greatest, but he other I songs are good. Yeah, too. but I don't even know what they are. Those are the only two songs I know. Okay, there's others. There's yeah. others. Hard to say. Uh, anyway, a lot of good ones <laughs> in the Fogelberg canon. But what you said reminded me of okay. that. As it but turned the, as, as, the snow. The, as the snow began to fall, practice was ending, guys coming off the field. But when we got to Ga- you know, Gavin Turley and going over every player talking to the coaching staff about each player and so on and pitchers and repertoire and how they looked and surprise mm-hmm. and what they're kind of looking for just to, to begin. I'm not doing the games until maybe, maybe we'll see. I hope not. I hope I'm completely out of the Washington state series for conference play, but kind of moving towards whenever basketball is over, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. then, then I'll sit down in the baseball chair. So trying to begin to in the preparation the Gavin Turley Homer had all of the coaches just going, oh, my goodness. Really? And so for those of you in surprise, I haven't heard any specific report yet, but here's what Darwin told me. Darwin said, I played a lot of games in that ballpark in minor league baseball, spring training. He said, that's in the top two or three of home runs I've ever seen in terms of distance and power in that place. He said he hit it over the regular fence, over the berm, and there's another fence back there, and it went over that. He said it was unbelievable. That's out of the park. And so I've not had, we've not had anyone text, call, write. We haven't actually said as a specific question, the text line is open. Please call with your thoughts on the Gavin Turley home run. (laughs) So I can't say that we've asked that specifically, but when I ask things about general impressions, those of you who made the trip, we hear a lot of different, but no one had yet come in with the home run Turley hit. Oh my goodness. But the coaches themselves yesterday. We're giving it the sort of, oh, my goodness, the sheer raw power, the bat speed, the majestic flight of the ball, apparently was one of the better home runs guys have seen hit down there. Did you get a feeling from them, too, that 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 after a talk after Friday and 
a riding of the ship that they feel a lot better the direction that things are going? You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I didn't really get into that so much as, you know, I don't know if he said we're going to go 55 and 0 this year or whatever. 50, you know. Yeah, no, well, no, that's but just like, nah, yeah, we, we made some mistakes. I think, running yeah, no, and, I did not talk to them about yeah. that specific theme. The fact that they bounced back and won the next three kind of almost to me put to rest whatever hand-wringing and anxieties we may have had on Friday. Now, I don't know where yeah. this was discovered. The, the analytics. Uh, when home runs can't this? hit, they put out back. The analytics team at Oregon State puts it all out almost immediately. So 411 what, feet. That's a long shot. And 108-mile-an-hour exit velocity. Okay. I'm assuming that's mile 411 is a... That's a that's a big blast. Yeah, because that's over the probably over the berm straight away, and it would certainly be over the uh, the two um, bullpens in right and left field. I I don't not familiar with the layout of the park, but just hearing Darwin and Ryan and everyone describe it, huh, okay, he he didn't miss it. A hanging slider was mm. not a good pitch, but he didn't miss it. He absolutely <laughs> pulverized it. So nice. that was good to hear amongst many things. Jim Wilson will share his thoughts. At 1230. We're going to take a break here in a moment. In fact, right now, because you know who's next? Who's <laughs> next? Joe Beaver is next. I no. think I think our off-air conversation is a, is a comedic piece. About uh, what we're going to do next? Yeah, because well, the, with the next get, the guest coming up. Is the man himself. Yeah, and you get. You get one question. Well, I, Bill Walton, who yesterday said he wasn't available, texted me a, a little while ago and said, Mike, I'm available if you still want That's me. Great. Bill Walton himself is next. I want to talk to him about many things, as always, but I we won't, as you say, I, I w- really do want to talk to him about the Bill Russell documentary on Netflix. Mm. He's part of it. He's one of the many great personages that was interviewed for it. Bill will join us to share his thoughts about that. Maybe get a thought in about Bill Shonley and the service for Bill, that Bill was one of the pallbearers for the Shans. I mean, just uh, the game itself tomorrow that he and Ted Robinson are coming in to call. So there's a lot of things I'd love to get to. I'm not sure we will. He may mention on his own that Dottie Shonley passed Dottie away. Dottie has passed. Yeah. yeah so Very sad. It's, and, and so it seems so common as well after yeah. a long marriage and a spouse passes it well he was 93 she's 92 right. they've been together for decades let's take a break and come back with bill walton himself next on 1240 joe radio if you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go beeves hey everyone pacific brick espresso located off of pacific boulevard in albany by browers bookstore and a new location off of highway 99 in tangent next to riverland rentals invites you to experience their quaint little drive through coffee shops with their comforting drinks and welcoming conversations open 5 30 a.m to 6 p.m monday through friday and 8 a.m 12 30 p.m on saturday pacific perk espresso family owned and family friendly all day long 
At family-owned and operated Lifetime Gutters, they have over 20 years of experience in providing exceptional gutter services to a wide range of commercial and residential properties in the Willamette Valley, including gutter installation, cleaning, maintenance, and moss treatment. At Lifetime Gutters, they set the standard in guaranteed quality craftsmanship and back it with a lifetime warranty. To learn more or request a quote, contact Lifetime Gutters today at 541-360-0145 or visit their website at lifetime-gutters.com. Readers of the Albany Democrat Herald voted Stutzman and Krupp Contractors the best roofer in the Mid-Valley for 2021 and 2022. As Stutzman and Krupp, they employ a large team of roofers so they get in and get it done, often in just one day. Ask about their special winter rates, estimates are free, and there's financing available too. So if you need a new roof, call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. You have three days to really save during the inventory clearance sale now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. The aisles and departments at Coastal are packed. That means big savings for you during the inventory clearance sale going on now at Coastal. The savings are huge, like 50% off the regular price on select outerwear and fall apparel. 20% off regular prices on all footwear in stock, including Ariat, Georgia, Danner, Justin, and more. Need feed? Buy three bags and get one free on all feed in stock. Free bag of equal or lesser value. Three free bags with qualified purchase. All sales limited to stock on hand. It's the inventory clearance sale going on now at Coastal. Shop in-store or online. Check out the sales flyer at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Corvallis. Great to have you with us on the Joe Beaver Show. Our guest uh, honors us by joining us whenever he does. It's a a true honor, a pleasure to welcome Bill Walton to the show. So many things that uh, we'd always love to talk to Bill about. In this case... Hearing him ask his partner recently on a broadcast, I think it was Dave Pash, that Bill asked, have you seen the Bill Russell documentary on Netflix? Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I'd love to hear Bill's thoughts about it. I've only seen part one. Yeah, me too. It's fantastic. I mean, it's just so well put together. Bill Walton himself is one of the guests, along with people such as the big O, Oscar Robertson, Mm -hmm. Kareem, Mm -hmm. Magic, Steph Curry, Larry Bird, uh, archival footage with uh, Red Auerbach and uh, Wilt himself. I mean, it, it's beautifully done, and Bill Walton was a big part of it. So, Bill, I, I know you're coming in to call the 362nd <laughs> rivalry game tomorrow at Gill Coliseum. I want to kind of hear you out on that a bit, too. But I want to start with your contribution to and what it was like for you to be honored to be asked to talk about Bill Russell in that outstanding Netflix documentary. Good morning. Good morning. As I try to fly north against the wind, (laughs) I hope I can only have a better trip than the Blazers just had as they tried to fly south. Mm -hmm. But with so many things going on, All-Star Weekend, Bill Russell tributes, Bill Russell movies, we have to start with Last night's passing yes. of Johnny Sean. Yes. And what and what John Canzano put out. Oh my gosh. So I've always got the shuffle on, I've always got the music on. And the one that perfectly came up today as I was reading 
John Canzano about Dottie, who made it 33 days without this. But the, the personal touch that John Canzano put into that piece, oh my. The shuffle provided me with the help, the support, the encouragement, the shining star and beacon of hope on the horizon that the effort will take for me to get to Corvallis tonight with the plane delays and the big storms and everything that's going down. The song that came up was Neil Young's Love and Only Love. And that is what Dottie and Bill Shonley had. And that is what I have tried to find in my life. And the uh, relationship that I have with the state of Oregon, the Willamette Valley, Oregon State, Joe Coliseum, Mike Parker, all these different things coming together at one time. And it's just incredible because my hero, Bill Russell, who passed away, and they now have this movie out about it, Bill Russell, he played Joe Coliseum. He got his first big stage championship uh, at Gill Coliseum because you know that, that Elite Eight game where they beat the Beavers by one point on their home court, oh my, and how things would have been different if that ball had bounced differently because Oregon State had the last shot, but they couldn't get it to go down, and the rest is history. <laughs> and the movie was just incredible. With all the different things and the tribute that was paid to Bill Russell, wherever we go, <clears throat> there's always now tributes to Bill because that's how <clears throat> important and impactful he was. So why don't we start with the All-Star game at Salt Lake City just the other day, and Lori and I were able to fly up there after doing that 12 Conference of Champions game at Pauley Pavilion. Cal and UCLA in one of the games of the millennium. But early on, when we got there, we went straight from the airport to the Legends Brunch. Ernie Johnson had already delivered his poem. He'd already had Adam Silver speak to everybody and tributes from uh, Pau Gasol uh, to Bob Lanier, all the different things going down there. And then John Stockton and then Tamika, the head of the current Players Association. She was magnificent. And then Dr. J. Dr. J got up there and he spoke by himself magnificently, as always, about Bill Russell. And then there was a wonderful video about Bill. Janine was in the audience. And the, the chair next to Janine in the front row center table where Bill and Janine always sat. Jim Brown was regularly there when he could travel. Jim's having some trouble of his own right now. But after the Bill Russell video that Dr. J introduced, and Dr. J had his own personal memories memories of Bill Russell, then Jalen Brown, Grant Hill, and Kareem all spoke. There were three of them on the stage at the same time. And Jalen Brown, uh, just phenomenal. Jalen Brown's the most together 19-year-old I've ever come across. Now, he's a lot older than 19 now. <laughs> but when I first started broadcasting his games, when he came to the one year of the Conference of Champions at Cal, I was just blown away, and he continues to impress me every day. Grant Hill, whose dad and my brother were football teammates and, and uh, on the Dallas Cowboys, and just a lifelong relationship I've had with the Hill family. And Grant sadly lost his mom 
just this just this past year, and then Kareem, you know, the greatest player that I ever played against by far. The incredible contributions that he makes to everything and everyone, and it was just absolutely incredible. And when I think about the magnificence of the Willamette Valley and Corvallis and growth and development, and how we're going to get through these tough times and moving beyond the, the loss of Bill and Dottie Shawnee. You know, when you think of Oregon, it's it's Chief Joseph, Lewis and Clark, Phil Knight, and Bill Shawnee. And Bill passed 33 days ago, and his service was absolutely over the top in terms of emotional roller coasters up and down and everybody being there. And Dottie was not in good shape at the funeral, and she was already in a wheelchair. Kanzano uh, just does a brilliant job of painting that whole picture of their lives at the end. Because I was, like John and so many others, I was privileged to actually get there before Bill passed and was there at the service and was there at the Waverly Country Club on the Willamette River and gleaming in the golden light of day when the flock of Canadian geese came right in. And then shortly thereafter, the Bill Russell video comes out, a movie comes out, and to see all the different people who he has impacted and the current players who, you know, who know him from his constant presence at NBA events, the name of the championship trophy, the presenter of the championship trophy, but also uh, every year at All-Star, every year at so many different spectacular events that the NBA puts on. We should pay tribute to the remarkable basketball that I got to see last night watching NBA basketball in conjunction with Conference of Champions when USC took down Colorado in a very strong performance. They're looking great on their way to the tournament. UCLA, later at night, they took down Utah. UCLA was spectacular in the first half, uh, didn't sustain it in the second half, but still won the game, and that's what counts. Uh, but then the three NBA games that were early from the East Coast, Denver at Cleveland, oh my goodness, followed by, at the same time, was Boston at Indianapolis. The road team won both of those games. And then as those were coming to an end, then you had Memphis at Philadelphia. And all three of those games just, just reminded you of how great the NBA is and how spectacular these players are and how much we owe to Bill Russell. And when I was watching the film, and I, you know, I, I know all the people, all the players, I didn't really know the entertainers who were making their fabulous contributions, but uh, I, I know the people who were the producers of the film for a long, long time, and Charlie Rosenzweig from the NBA, and then... Uh, Ross Greenberg from HBO in old days. He's got his own production company now, but Ross made the, the movie about the UCLA dynasty, which was the best thing that I've ever seen done about John Wooden and the way it was when we were playing at UCLA. But it all rolls into one as we try to see the meaning of Bill Russell's life and to see the spectacular comments by Jerry West, who I've known since I first got to UCLA. I would have breakfast with Jerry three or four times a week at Hollis Johnson's Coffee Shop right in the heart of Westwood on Westwood Boulevard, where we would sit in the back room 
if you could call it a room. It was a table with two chairs. <laughs> and we would get our breakfast and be on our way. And then to see the comments of the current stars, uh, Steph Curry, remarkable, brilliant in his contributions. Uh, and then the archival videos and the touching moments. And to realize that of all those great Celtics who are all in the Hall of Fame, they, the only guys who are still alive, Sach Sanders and Bob Cousy, they were both wonderful. But Don Nelson's still alive. He was at the tail end of Russell's career. Uh, he's still alive. And I believe that Bailey Howell's still alive. If somebody could please fact check that for me while I continue to talk to you. But Sach Sanders and, and Cousy, they had significant contributions. And one of the things that really stood out from Satch was that he pointed out something that we all know, is that Bill, Bill Russell was always mad. He, was always, he just played <laughs> mad, he lived mad, and he had good reason to be mad all the time. But I forget which, which moment that really set him off again. It might have been the home invasion, you know, when they trashed his house and mm-hmm. smeared feces on the wall and, you know, and defecated on his bed when he was out winning the championship for the Celtics. But uh, Satch is just one of these really brilliant human beings and then uh, who, who's able to articulate his emotions, his thoughts, and his message as well as anybody that I've ever known. And then Bob Cousy, who talked about his uh, relationship with Bill Russell because they came from totally different backgrounds and, and the way that they worked together because I'm old enough to know people who played against Bob Cousy and to a man, those guys from the late forties and early fifties before Bill Russell came along, those guys will all tell you that Bob Cousy was the greatest basketball player that ever lived. And I'm still waiting for J.J. Reddick's apology. I should not hold my breath because he continues to go down darker holes. <laughs> and then all the different guys who made their their presence felt, guys who were there. And I was particularly touched by Jerry West, who lost every time mm-hmm. to Bill Russell. And in the big games, I mean, a lot of these series went to six and seven games, many of them down to the very final shot. But Jerry, you know, as great a player as there's ever been, just was never able to beat Bill Russell. But his his competitive drive and fire and pride and all the things that go into making a great champion, you don't always win. Sometimes the other team is just better. Sometimes the ball bounces the other way. When Don Nelson made that shot, that you know the ball was poked away by Keith Erickson defensively, and but he poked it right to Don Nelson at the free throw line, who had to rush to beat the shot clock, the game clock. It hit the back of the rim straight up, and then came down through the right through the rim. Incredible, and the way that. All of these guys remembered all these remarkable moments because it was that way for me growing up and learning to love Bill Russell and the Celtics because of Chick Hearn, who was the Laker broadcaster and who also had a huge impact on you, Mike. Yeah. And so here it was, this, you know, this voice in my ear, in my head, as I'm 
finding my love, my purpose, my hope and opportunity in life through the sport of basketball, that uh, it, it, it was eventually leading me to the illumination of the other team. And that is what Bill Shonley was fantastic about, too, is that he called the game and the vision that he had. And you, as the voice of the Willamette Valley, the voice of Oregon, in Oregon State, the state of Oregon, and all the different things that go down and will go down in Gill Coliseum tomorrow night were so many different things, you know, Schlatt's Gill and Ralph Miller and Gary Payton and Mel Counts and Paul Valente and Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead and, and Nixon was there. I mean, this is a legendary building that we're all going to be celebrating, and Bill Russell had that incredible moment, too, in the 1955 NCAA Regional Finals when USF beat Oregon State by one point only. <laughs> and and the fact that you know UCLA wanted Slats Gill to come and be their coach at UCLA before John Wooden came and took the job. And you know, I can just think back how it all rolls into one. And when I first got to meet Bill Russell because of the simple twist of fate, and Bill Russell, whose teams won 60 in a row, uh, but their last loss in college basketball was to UCLA and to Willie Knowles, the starting center. And Willie Knowles eventually went on to his own career, and now all these people have passed on, so they couldn't be part of the movie. But he was a part of it in spirit because Willie Knowles, as a Celtic, one night there were some other injuries to the guys who couldn't play, and Red Auerbach, without hesitation, started five black guys. And it was the first time in the history of the NBA that one team started by black guys. And Willie Knowles was part of that. And Willie Knowles, after playing at UCLA, his NBA career ended. He went into the ministry. And as a pastor, he was spending a lot of time in Los Angeles and raising funds for needy children. And so here it was that he would bring all his Celtic teammates out to Los Angeles in the summertime in the offseason in the 70s when I was there. And while we knew Will to Jerry and Elgin and Gail and Bill Sharman, who was already there, Casey Jones was the assistant coach for the Lakers, but he was bringing out John Havlicek, Sam Jones, and Bill Russell, and all these guys. Bill was living, basically, in Los Angeles at the time, a quiet and secluded life in the early 70s when Will was dominant throughout Los Angeles, as was John Wooden and Chet Herman. But to meet all these guys and have them be so kind and be so generous and so patient with a, with a young Billy, uh, Billy who did not know how to play in the game of life, Billy who could not play basketball because of his broken feet, and then Billy who could not speak because of my speech impediment, yet these guys were so encouraging to me every step along the way. And to have the relationship that I did have with Bill Russell and all the different things, all the international trips, all the sponsor dinners, all the all-star games, all the awards. And I can think of one particular time we were in New York together. It was a big fancy affair. And and we went, uh, after the show was over, they dragged us over to the Charlie Rose show. And it was John Wooden and, 
uh, Charlie and Bill Russell and me, and I'm going back and forth, and all of a sudden Bill Russell sticks his big hand out across the table and stops everybody mid-sentence, and he looks across at John Wooden, and he says, Johnny, I just want to thank you for doing what you did when you didn't have to do it. And as we celebrate what I think is mislabeled as Black History Month, because it should be Black History Always, and I'm sure glad we don't live in Florida, but here's a situation where John Wooden, who stepped to the front when he had to make a decision, and he had black players on his team in the, in the 40s at Indiana State, and they were a national power, and they were inviting him to play in the national tournaments and championships. And John Wooden said, after they told, after the tournament people told John Wooden to not bring his black players, John Wooden said, if we're not all invited, none of us are going to come. That was when Bill Russell said to Johnny Wood, thanks for doing what you did. Thanks for doing something you, you did not have to do, but you did it anyway. And that's the story of Bill Russell's life, because he could have chosen to do something else. But Bill Russell had a life well chronicled in this remarkable new Netflix movie. Bill Russell, legend. Yeah, all-time legend. All-time, as we heard last Two weeks uh, that all time only happens one time when LeBron passed Kareem, and that was just absolutely an incredible moment there. And so you have now uh, Bill Russell, whose life was different, whose life was different than mine, so many of us, because Bill Russell was denied so much for the sole reason of the color of his skin. And when the camera crew came to my house to film me for my my minuscule contribution. The interview lasted two hours, and it was an incredibly important moment for me. It was maybe as important a moment as I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. I had one chance, mm -hmm. one chance to say what Bill Russell meant to me. And Bill Russell meant everything to me, because there was a guy who stood up, who stood up and, and, and voiced his displeasure voiced his disagreements and voiced his unwillingness to go along with a team that excluded him. And the way that he changed the way that we all live today and all the privileges and all the opportunities that so many of us have today are a direct result. Now, Bill didn't do it alone. Nobody makes it to the top alone. But he was out there front and center from the very beginning. And, you know, walking uh, with Martin Luther King, going down to Mississippi uh, when they, uh, when they uh, murdered, I think it was Edgar Evers, and he knew the Edgar's family. And so he said, what can I do? And he makes it to come down here and, and put on some basketball clinics and use the power of sport to, to come together. And all this is told magnificently with video evidence to back it all up, but if we see how far we have come, how far we have come, yeah, but more importantly, the reflection of this movie is that, okay, yeah, we've come a long way, and things are different, things are better, but how much further we still have to go, and when you see the, the, the tragic lack of opportunity, the, the, the criminal justice system, the, the fact that the schools are, 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 are not equal, the communities are not equal, and all the challenges that we have, 
And we're never going to be able to move forward. And it's not how far we've come, it's how far we still have to go. But unless, unless we shine the light on the darkness, then we have no chance whatsoever. And I, as the luckiest guy in the world, trying to get to my beloved Pacific Northwest today <laughs> against the wind, and I keep getting these alerts on my phone about my plane being delayed, delayed, delayed. Oh, my gosh. What time does the game start tomorrow night? 7, seven, seven o'clock. o'clock. 7 o'clock, Bill. So, 7 o'clock. Yeah. But the sense, of, the sense of how it will all come together and... You know, I, I, I read a lot of books, and I always save the best of the books, the ending, for a long plane ride, and particularly when I'm coming into Oregon, a place that just means absolutely so much to me. And I can remember uh, when I was reading, I believe I was reading The Good Rain by Timothy Eaton, and, and, and I, I, I saved the last 50 pages for a long plane ride into Oregon. And uh, and I just and I put on and the shuffle came up, uh, Neil Young when God made me, and, and and when it came on and then I'm reading this book about <laughs> just so much going down as it is right now that that uh, I just pushed the the repeat on when God made me and I just went in and uh, the tears coming down my cheeks and the person sitting next to me is looking at me like <laughs> I'm just a nut and he's wondering what is going to happen here if this guy on this airplane here in this confined space but we made it and I'm still here today and I'm still talking with my great friend. Mike Parker hey. on my way yeah. to Mary's Mountain, Mary's River, against <laughs> the wind, and sadly, sadly, Bill Shonley won't be there. Mm-hmm. Sadly, Dottie Shonley won't be there. Bill Russell won't be there. But their spirit it lives on forever. And our challenge, our goal, our responsibility, duty, and obligation is to learn from them and to live the rest of our lives, the rest of our days, in honor and tribute to the people who have built built what we have today. Yeah. While we are able to celebrate, they've done their job. The rest is up to us because there's people coming up behind us, Mike, who, who, who want to play in that game of life, who want to be a part of something special, who want, who, who want to know uh, what they can do to make that positive difference. And, as we listen to the music play, when God made me, love and only love, I want to walk like a giant on the land. I don't want to float like a leaf in the stream. Thank you, Bill Russell. Thank you, Bill Shonley, Dottie Shonley. Thank you, Chief Joseph Lewis and Clark and Phil Knight. And thank you, Mike Parker. I'm on my way. Do I need to bring a jacket? Yes, you do. It's about 26 degrees right now, Bill. Oh, so, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> hey, final thing, Bill, and, and thank you so much for all of that. You mentioned you know, all your love of reading. I'm going to bring you a book tomorrow from a, a big-time fan who's written a book, Lewis and Clark on the Columbia. And he's written you a note and say, please give this to Bill. I think it'll be in your wheelhouse. So and he's a historian. And he loves the Beavers. He loves Bill Russell. Saw him at a coffee shop in Tumwater, Washington a year ago when Bill was floating through there. And so I'm going to bring you that book tomorrow. But the thing that jumped out at me in the documentary on Bill, after he moves from Louisiana in the Deep South, in the Jim Crow world, and gets to Oakland, his mother gave him, got him a library card, the Oakland Public Library. And I thought of you when I thought of Bill, who would spend 
hours and hours and hours devouring things in that library. I didn't know that about him. I learned that. Bill, that really impressed me about Bill Russell. And Bill said to the day he died that that library card was his springboard, his platform, and it was the greatest possession that he's ever had. Because books, my mom was a librarian, books open up your life, your mind, your heart, and your soul to a world that you can't possibly know or imagine or dream about. And for me, the fact that my mom would just bring home a stack of books every single night, Bill Russell, he had to go to the library and try to find books. And so I was just the luckiest person in the world. Now, Bill Russell's mom died shortly after they got to Oakland, but Bill's lifelong quest for knowledge, for learning, for advancement, and you know that life of curiosity and exploration of experimentation and it just it was Bill Russell's book that opened it up for me because while I was reading about adventure and history and science and biography and trying to study greatness at a very young age it was go up for glory that really turned mm-hmm. things for me because I, I said wow man, this guy He's got the life that I wanted. And what he did, what inspired me probably more than anything, was how he played to make his teammates the stars. Mm-hmm. And when I watched all the archival footage of Bill Russell Legend movie here by Netflix, that, uh, you know, when he first started playing, his coach told him, When you're playing defense, don't ever jump. Don't ever leave your ground. That's not what they do. And so Bill Russell's guy was scoring on him. And then Bill Russell started (laughs) jumping and ignoring his coach. And he blocked every shot. And it's that that same thing that we face all the time when we try to make the world a better place. And there's always somebody who will jump up and say, you can't do that. That'll never work. Well, why not? Well, because it's never been done that way before, which is nonsense that you can't try something new. Bill Russell tried something new, completely changed the game of basketball, blocking shots. The defense became their offense. And for those who have not seen the movie, when you watch it, you will notice that Bill Russell never blocks the shot by jumping high. Bill Russell blocks the shot directly out of the shooter's hand. And then he never knocks it out of bounds. He knocks it right to his teammate, or he gathers it in himself and quickly with an outlet pass, and the Celtics were on the run. And one of the phenomenal things about Bill Russell, his life and the trajectory and the journey And the path is that Bill Russell, who was denied so much because of the color of his skin, lived in the projects of Oakland, the public schools. He told him he wasn't ever going to be any good at anything. There was no optimism. There was one guy who went to USF who saw him play the one game in high school that he scored in double figures. He said, "Uh, I've got an idea, Bill. (laughs) He called his buddies over at USF real quick, but then... When he, after winning two straight championships, the pros didn't want him. The NBA guys didn't want him. And it was a deal uh, uh, because of the color of his skin, because of the style of his play, which was different. Mm-hmm. And different is fine. And we have to embrace 
differences. And one of the things that always makes me so happy and proud is when I go to the NBA events. And I I do much more on the college level these days, but I still get to a lot of events. I'm, I'm always just so proud everlastingly proud that the NBA is, is, a, is the most diverse workforce in the history of the world, anywhere, anytime, and only getting better. And so as we move forward with the NCAA tournament coming on, the Conference of Champions tournament in Las Vegas, and all the different opportunities that all these young players have, we, we must pay tribute, we must pay uh, honor and respect for the people who paid that way and have created those opportunities and really no one more so than Bill Russell in my life. And that's why he's a hero. And, and my, my favorite player on the court, my favorite player off the court. And there's a lot of other guys who I love, admire and respect and appreciate. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, uh, Bill Russell, he was there first mm-hmm. and he's still there. Mm-hmm. And as Tom Satch Sanders said, brilliantly in the movie, he was always mad. Tom <laughs> used some stronger language than that. <laughs> but, then, but then this one thing happened that he, I can't remember. He said, but he was really, really mad. <laughs> to have Bill Russell really, really mad. Yeah. It, it, was, it was incredible. And it was, it was tough for Bill and Janine, his wife, because with, you know, three or four years ago, not sure exactly the date, but in a winter storm in their beautiful home, on Mercer Island up in uh, the Seattle area, a, a big, huge tree fell on their roof and put a big hole in their roof. They had to move out of their house. And the last few years of his life, they were basically you know, on the run, on the move, you know, trying to find you know, the appropriate housing because it took a long time to fix the roof in the house. They ended up selling the house. And for those of you who are interested fans of Bill Russell, please get a hold of the the catalog that the auction house put together when, when Bill Russell uh, auctioned off his memorabilia mm-hmm. as well he should. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was getting up there in years. But they put this catalog together that was basically a history book of the world because all the different things he did. And he went every place. Uh, you know, he, he, I think he told me once that he went to China right after the Olympics in, in uh, 56 in, mm. in Melbourne. No, no. Uh, yeah, it would have been, uh, yeah. I think, the 56 Olympics that he played in were mm-hmm. in Australia. Right. Yeah. And so and, and so he he went to China. He, he went around the world everywhere. And it, it was just a, a staggering uh, list of accomplishments and people that he met, the Presidential Medal of honor or freedom from Obama and the statue presentation in Boston, just overwhelming in terms of his impact and his contribution. And in spite of being mad all the time, <laughs> and he, just was, uh, you know, he just kept going. He, he yeah. never really stopped and he never let nonsense go unchallenged. Mm-hmm. And, hey, yeah. And, Bill, you thank you for your love for, for Bill and for Dottie and remembering her great life and the Shans uh, and you coming up and being part of that, uh, what I hear and understand. And, John, you're right. Canzano's done a brilliant job of writing about that event, about Dottie's passing. So thank you for starting there, and thank you again for making time for us. I look forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow at Gill Coliseum and remembering the Ron Robbins shot that rimmed out 
allowing San Francisco to escape with a win at Gill before 11,206 back in 1955. We look forward to seeing you back in that building tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to Willamette Valley. Come to Mary's Peak and turn right if you're going north. Yeah, it's all right there. <laughs> Weatherford Hall, the Memorial Union, Bald Hill, 2nd Avenue. Oh, my. Pizza Peacock, Avery Park with the dinosaurs, the courthouse, <laughs> and then Oregon State University Basketball Center. Four levels, two courts, men's and women's, the bike shops and music stores all over downtown Corvallis. I am on my way, on my way, and I will sure to make my pilgrimage into McMinimums. Thank you for having Thank me. You, Thank Bill. you for your kindness, generosity, and patience. I love Mike Parker. I love Oregon. I love the Willamette Valley, and I love coming to Corvallis and Oregon State. Let's go. Tip off 7 p.m. Conference of Champions, the fate of the known world in the balance. Let's <laughs> go. Who can play? Who's got a game? Who's in shape? Who wants this? Thank you, Bill. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much. That's Bill Walton himself. We've got some special guests coming up at 12.05 and Big Jim Wilson at 12.30. Johnny, you'll need to supply the names of the young people. And you can hear, I mean, Bill's all about the current generation. I love the fact that he watched the NBA last night with admiration. He's yeah. not one to say, ah, the game's yeah. nothing the way it used to be when I was playing, when Russell was playing, when Kuzi was playing, when Sat Sanders and Bob Pettit were playing, and Elgin and Jerry. He loves the current game. He loves the game of yeah. life and basketball, and I always appreciate yeah, it's very nice. that enthusiasm very nice. coming through. Right out of the shoot, 1205, yeah. we're going to have special guests Karina Matthew and Taylor Riney, two Crescent Valley seniors who just won the doubles state championship. And racquetball. Good for them. And usually we have racquetball on for Oregon State as a club sport because they're constantly winning national championships and individual national titles. But these are two Crescent Valley seniors who won uh, the state championship, and nationals are are not far off. So we'll cool. have them on at 12 Look forward to that. As well as Big Jim Wilson later in the hour. Any texts or calls along the way, feel free. 497 497- 5356-1240 Joe Radio. If you or someone you know need dependable medical transportation, Gap Patient Services is family-owned and operated, offering safe and reliable non-emergency medical transportation in Lynn and Benton counties. Gap Patient Services operates 24-7 and offers wheelchair and ambulatory transport short and long distances, and much more. Gap riders also enjoy every seventh ride free. Terms and conditions apply. Call Gap Patient Services at 541-250-7797 or visit Gap Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. 
Get geared up for the upcoming baseball and softball season at Flanagan Sports in Corvallis. Check out their best ever selection of gloves and bats, plus catcher's gear, cleats, equipment bags, helmets, and balls. Got some sports stuff in the closet or garage that you no longer want or need? Bring it in to Flanagan Sports and create your own discount. Buy, sell, or trade. Stop by and shop local at Play It Again Sports on 9th Street in Corvallis, the affordable way to play. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of San Diem Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to MyPowerHonda.com. That's MyPowerHonda.com. You know that feeling when that bold flavor hits? That feeling is back with citrus lime shrimp only at Qdoba. Freshly sautéed in-house in a tangy citrus lime sauce, their sustainable sourced shrimp give you all the tasty feels. Create your own masterpiece with your favorite toppings or go all out with their Surf and Turf featuring citrus lime shrimp and flame-grilled steak for double the flavor. Order today at Qdoba.com. Now's the time to get a great deal on a Kubota Z200 Series mower on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent. The Z200 Series mower features the new K-Ride comfort system and delivery, a quality cut and an exceptional ride. You can get a Kubota Z200 Series mower for as low as $0 down and 0% interest APR for up to 36 months. Now through March 31st, see Lynn Benton Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Still doing business the American way. Tired of the same old menu from restaurant to restaurant? The Growler Cafe in Lebanon has created a welcoming spot for all ages with a scratch menu, comforting atmosphere, and hand-selected craft beer and ciders. Their attention to detail from the penny floor to the delicious Canadian bacon is spot on. Be sure to check them out for lunch or dinner Tuesday through Saturday and brunch on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You won't be disappointed. The Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies, including Safeco Insurance. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, or Tom Worth. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call 541-757-1315 or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. The Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. I don't know when, when, when that will come out, but same idea. We live in the golden age of documentaries. And they're, they're done so well. Yes. They really are done so well. And you, you go to Netflix or Prime and... There's a great ones there. The category yes. has tons of them. Yes. Ones that you've never even heard of before. That's why there has to be a will out there. I'm sure well, there's Well, there has will. to be a will. I'm just saying I've not seen the Chamberlain treatment that Bill Russell, rightly so, is getting in this current rendition. No. I'm sure there've been other documentaries on Bill and on the history of the there, Celtics. There will be. There and will I was be. glad to hear, did he say somebody did a documentary on the UCLA dynasty? I think Bill just said that, yeah, but I've also not yeah. seen. No. But he said it's the best in-depth look. Ross Greenberg at HBO, maybe, did he say? I don't know. He said quite a bit there. Right. 
And I, I heard that about UCLA, though. I want to figure what that is. And he was right, was Bill. And it's, you know, I, I was remiss not to. But I knew, and Bill did it skillfully. He weaved that all and tied it all kind of back in together skillfully, I thought, starting with Dottie. Yeah. I mean, he began with Dottie, the passing of Bill Shonley's wife, 33 days after Bill himself had passed. Dottie right. passed away yesterday. John Canzano has written a very eloquent mm-hmm. piece on Dottie and on Dottie and Bill's love affair and love story. And it just it's it is sweet. And you can find it on John's website and uh, the bald faced truth. Good work by John and as well as by John on the service at uh, Lake Grove Presbyterian. On Which February I didn't know 10th. he went there. That's literally 100 yards from my house I wow. grew up in. That's where the ceremony took place. Bill was one of the Bill Walton, one of the pallbearers, along with uh, Jeff Petrie, Chris Dudley, Wally Walker, Larry Steele, Jim Barnett and Lloyd Neal. Wow. What a lineup. Yeah. But can you imagine, can you imagine being so big in a community as a broadcaster right. that that's the kind of service and you the, have? And the impact. I sat next to Bill at my best friend's dad's funeral about three years mm-hmm. ago. It's a, I mean, and, and Bill the, Walton did a masterful job, I thought, there, starting there, but then coming back round to Bill Russell yeah. and the impact of yeah. Bill on people and on the world and on basketball and on his own life. And the fact that he also knew about Ron Robbins' shot that just grazed off the rim and the Bieber and USF is on its way to two straight, barely got through the Beavers at Gill. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. With inflation and interest rate worries again in focus, stocks are selling off today, putting Wall Street on track for a third straight weekly loss. The S&P 500 down 45 points. The Dow Industrial is lower by 324. The Nasdaq Composite has sunk 211. Lots of notable decliners, among them Autodesk. Shares of the design software company are sliding 12.5%. Its quarterly results slightly beat expectations on both the top and bottom lines, but it gave soft guidance for the current period. U.S. oil futures notched a solid advance for a second straight day. April crude jumping more than 1%, settling above $76 a barrel. Netflix is cutting the price of its subscription service in over 30 countries as the company cracks down on password sharing. The U.S. not one of the countries involved in the price cut. Good news for Aldi customers. They can now have their groceries delivered on demand by DoorDash, the delivery service to be available for almost all Aldi locations across 38 states, minimum $35. That's your money now. Attention business owners, stop throwing your hard-earned money away on rent. Imagine owning your own building and saving thousands every year. Sound impossible? Not if you use General Steel. General Steel can help you save thousands by GeneralSteelInfo.com to see how much money you can save with General Steel. Our buildings come with a 50-year warranty, and thousands of companies, from Fortune 500 corporations to startups, have trusted the General with their building needs. If you need to expand or start a new business, you really need General Steel. A very impressive General Steel. Everyone's been extremely helpful. I'd recommend General Steel to anyone looking to build a steel building. Call 866-95-STEEL or visit GeneralSteelInfo.com to find out what General Steel can do for your home or business. That's 866-95-STEEL. Our team will answer your questions and offer you a customized quote. 
Just call 866-957-83. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Coming up this Saturday at the landing at Tallman Brewing, hear the alternative country sound of Cascade Rye live from 5 to 7 p.m. Tallman Brewing features amazing food and unique Pacific Northwest craft beer, wine, cider, and entertainment. Family and pet friendly, Tallman Brewing hosts 30 taps and up to 10 food trucks. Check the events page at tallmanbrewing.com for happenings, including weekly Tuesday night trivia. Open daily 11 a.m. on the corner of Airport Road and Primrose Street, right off Main in Lebanon. Hello, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru with another Golf Minute with a tip on that all-important putting. It should take the same amount of time to roll a 3-foot putt as it does a 60-foot putt. The difference is the pace of the stroke. A 60-footer requires a longer stroke at a faster pace. A 3-footer requires a shorter stroke at a slower pace. Finding the right pace is critical in controlling the distance of your putts. After reading your putt, uphill, downhill, left to right, etc., determine the speed. Do you want to die the ball into the hole or ram it in? Then take one or two practice strokes each time at the same length back and through at the pace you plan to use for the actual stroke. Your practice stroke tells your muscles how much energy is required to reach the hole. After your final practice stroke, take one final look to confirm your feel for the distance and then pull the trigger. So remember, to help make more putts, concentrate more on the pace of the stroke and you'll drop a lot more putts. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. At the Home Depot, we know the world is a messy place. Keeping it clean takes science. That's why businesses everywhere have long trusted cleaning products from Ecolab to take on the toughest messes. And now, that level of clean is available for your home. Introducing Ecolab Scientific Clean, a full line of professional-grade cleaning products for all your home's needs. So you can clean like you mean business. Now available exclusively at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com. 
Testing, testing, one, two, three, four. In these contentious times... Sir, you've asked a simple-minded question. I will give you an equally simple-minded answer. We invite you to escape for the next couple of hours into the world of The Joe Beaver Show with your hosts, John Warren and Mike Parker, and occasionally, Doug Blair. All right, men, we're not here to sell lemonade. We're here to practice. No one breaks it down any better. Old Indian game. It's called, uh, put the ball in the hole. So what are these little arrows? Let Joe Beaver be your guide into the bold new world of technology. Oh, radio. That's going to break down a lot of walls. Yes? The door is wide open. Recreation time, gentlemen. So come on in. Be a part of the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the Beavers, 1240 Joe Radio. All right, here we go. Continuing with our number two, Big Jim Wilson will join us with we'll Talk Beaver Baseball, which I'm headed over there later this afternoon. Bundle up. I am layering up. I'm, yep. I'm going to have a sweater, a T-shirt, a coat, the whole nine yards. Bright and sunny, though. It is beautiful out, but it is just Cold, downright <laughs> cold. Well, something that I played a couple of times in, in college and haven't been back to the court is racquetball. Have you ever played racquetball? Never have played in my life. I really? have a lot of friends who played it well and competitively. I've never played racquetball or pickleball, pickleball, a little bit of tennis. That's about racquetball it. Racquetball is a fun game. I know. It's a fun game, and, and there's no greater scene than John Candy. And I think, is it in Splash when Candy brings the... The, uh, the cooler into the racquetball court with him <laughs> so he can have a beer and, and eat food while he's uh, he's playing. Unlike our next guest. Our guests. next guest, our seniors in high school, very successful. Now, I'm doing two mm-hmm. things at once here to bring them in on the system so we don't uh, lose anybody. But Karina Matthew is joining us. Karina, along with Taylor Riney. And um, these are two seniors who just won the state championship in doubles in racquetball. And next up is, uh, and, and all kinds of accolades, which I'll get to here in a moment, as far as junior championships and, and world-level type of racquetball. Now, normally, we talk, uh, we talk Rob Durbin is the longtime racquetball coach mm-hmm. at Timber Hill, and he always lets me know, hey, we got another champion. Oregon <clears throat> State has a, has a club team that routinely wins national championships. So my first question to these young ladies is, are you going to Oregon State to play <laughs> racquetball? But we'll get to it. Here and I'm just gonna do that and that and then that and I think we've got both uh, Karina and Taylor. Karina, do we have you on the line? Yeah, yeah. And Taylor, are you successfully on the line? Can you hear me? I am. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And the only reason why I go through that house cleaning is because <laughs> of the system we have to make sure we don't have one on the line and then lose the other. Congratulations on your recent uh, success uh, at the state level. Let's start with you, Karina. Uh, Five-time USA junior team member, three-time national junior champion. Now that high school is over with, what's next for you? And Taylor, I'll ask you the same question, but let's start with Karina. Yeah, um, we have high school nationals is coming up, which is actually um, next weekend. So that's pretty much what's up next for me. And um I don't know. I've just been practicing at Timber Hill and stuff, so that's that's what's next. Yeah. Hey, Karina, this is Mike Parker. Where are those high school nationals going to take place? They're Car- actually in Portland this year, so oh, okay. uh, the Multnomah Athletic Club. Okay. And, Taylor, we'll ask you the same question, and I know I want to come back around to John's sort of original. Are you, because of the great racquetball at Oregon State, 
destined for to become Beavers. But Taylor, what about uh, your uh, situation in terms of what's next for you after your high school comes to an end uh, and the Nationals next weekend in Portland? What are your plans with respect to uh, education after CV? Um, I haven't completely decided yet, but I think Oregon State is kind of in line as of right now. So, Okay, good for you. Johnny? I don't even know, and I've asked Rob this before, but it's been so long since we've had anybody on when it comes to racquetball. Are there colleges where you can go on a four-year scholarship, or is it just club club level? And I know, Rob, you're listening. You've answered this, but it's been years since we've talked about this. I'll just uh, uh, go with Karina on this one. Yeah, um, they are, as of now, there's not any scholarships you can get for racquetball, but um, just it's just club level. Yeah. How long have you guys been playing together? I know you just you just were successful in doubles at the state level. Yeah, we played for maybe two weeks before the states. I just asked, I like texted her one day and was like, "Do you want to play in this tournament with me?" And she was like, "Sure." So we started about two weeks before. And Taylor, did you guys dominate, or did you have some close matches? Um, it was pretty much dominating, but we our second to last match, we were pretty hand in hand for one of the sets. Karina Matthew and Taylor Riney, seniors at Crescent Valley High School, joining us. Taylor, I'll ask you this, and and Karina, we'll, you can follow if you'd care to, but. How did you both come to the sport? Did you grow up with it? Did your parents play a lot? Taylor, I start with you. How did you come around to racquetball? Um, well, I came around, it was just this year that I kind of started because Karina had asked me to be her doubles partner, so I was just doing it uh, to be her partner and hang out with her. So. Mm. And how, how about you, Karina? Yeah. Um, I've been playing for nine or ten years, so my dad originally played here, so I started playing with my dad, and then I worked with Rob growing up um, at Timber Hill. I've just been playing ever since, so, yeah. Is it, uh, I'll just go with you, Karina, since we have you, is it something you just absolutely love, and you just, you, you're you just a, a gym rat, you're always always in the, I don't know what you guys call it, the box, the hole, because, you, you know, it's a tiny little door you go through, but are <laughs> yeah, you, the court. yeah, are you always on the court? Um, I would say I train, like, I'm there about, like, five or six days a week. So, kind of, yeah, it's always been something I really enjoyed. And, obviously, it's not, like, super popular at my age. So, it's just, I really enjoy the sport. I'm doing it for, just because I like it. And, Taylor, if you're kind of coming to it at Karina's invitation, it sounds like you've taken to it, adapted to it pretty quickly. Did you find that... It was a sport up your alley that you've had maybe even more success than you thought you might coming to it as late as you have. Yeah. I mean, it's been really fun just because I, I think it's because I've been uh, playing with Karina, but I think I didn't expect us to win. So I think a lot of success came from it. Mm. Good for you. Karina Matthew and Taylor Riney, both seniors at Crescent Valley high school joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Now, Karina, I'm told that you uh, are a five-time USA Junior Team member, three-time national champ, and a world junior silver and bronze medalist. Did you travel for that? Was that yeah. something held uh, overseas? Where'd you go? Yeah, um, I've been to the world tournament four times. So it was two times in Mexico, one time in Costa Rica, and then it was held in Minneapolis one year. So, yeah. <laughs> now, do they... 
fear you when you come walking into the into the gym or what or what? Can you repeat that? Sorry, I didn't hear. Are you a regular member of that part of it at that level? Do you know people on the circuit, and uh, is there any is there any fear from the others when you when you uh, sign up for for being there? <laughs> um, I think I definitely know people across the country, and I've met a lot of people um, that play around the world. I think we all kind of it's kind of a tight knit where everyone kind of knows each other. So I think when you sign up for tournaments and stuff, people are going to know who you are. So. Yeah, and I don't want to leave Taylor out, but this next question really is for Karina because of the time spent and Taylor just coming to the sport. But um, when it comes to uh, you challenging yourself, have you tried to play, uh, you know, at Timber Hill or whatever against some of the these college kids who were parts of either individual national championships or team titles? Uh, yeah, I've been playing with the OC team for as long as I can remember too, and mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of who I play against, and then I've been playing in adult leagues and stuff at Timber Hill, so yeah. Katrina, Matthew, and Taylor Riney joining us. Seniors on the Corvallis High School racquetball team just won the state title in doubles. High school nationals next weekend in Portland. Taylor, I'm going to ask you this. If you were not playing a lot of racquetball as Karina was, have you played other sports? I mean, what else have you participated in growing up? Yeah, so I played uh, soccer for the high school as long as I do 4-H within our community. So I do, yeah. Okay. That's really, really diverse. What do you do in 4-H? Uh, I show pigs. Really? Very nice. Yeah. How about you, Karina? A lot of focus, it sounds like, at the you know at Timber Hill five or six days a week training. Once you found racquetball in that yeah. track, have you been pretty – focused on that or have there been other sports you still put your hand to? Um, I've been uh, pretty uh, equally competitive in soccer. I'm actually going to go play soccer in college. So oh. yeah, <laughs> soccer. I've played for the high school team and clubs. So. Where, where are you going to play collegiate soccer? Uh, Whitman College in Washington. Okay. Well, good luck on that. Do they have a racquetball team there too? <laughs> They have, like, two courts. I'm not sure if they have a team, but I'll try to make one when I get there. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Now, <laughs> before we let you go, I just want clarification. Are you doing nationals March 1st through the 5th at the Mac Club or state championships? This will be nationals. So it'll be the high school national tournament. Yeah. So all over the country, these, these kids are coming to the Mac Club for a tournament. I hope they have a lot of courts there. And uh, best of luck to both. Yeah, thanks. Now, are you both going to go uh, individual, or is it just teams for you two, uh, Taylor? Um, I'm going for just doubles partner, but she's going for singles and doubles. All right. Well, I we hope to find out, you know, how you do. Certainly, I'll check in with Rob, but best of luck to you. And I want to ask each of you one last thing. Taylor, it sounds like you're a little undecided at this point about it, we've got Karina playing soccer at Whitman. Taylor, are you still sort of in that valley of decision right now? You're not quite sure where you're going to go. I want to ask each of you, though, what you're planning on studying, if you know that yet. Taylor, I'll start with you in terms of where you think you might end up and what kind of path you hope to get on. Yeah, so I'm kind of deciding between Oregon State and Montana State. Uh, I want to study pre-vet med and then go into veterinary school. 
good for you. That's yeah. a that's a tremendous field, and I, with all of your 4-H background, you're going to love and enjoy that and, and be good at whatever it is you do. Karina, what is your field of study, at least at this point? Um, I'm planning to study biology at Whitman and hopefully get into the, or go into pre-med and study neonatology. So yeah, that's my plan as of now. Be a pediatrician? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's fantastic. These are two high-achieving yes. young people that we have the honor of visiting with here today. Karina Matthew and Taylor Riney. Karina, thank you for taking time for us. We really appreciate it. Good luck next weekend in Portland and at Whitman. Thanks for taking time, and great to talk to you, Karina. Thank you. And Taylor, same to you. Good luck. We hope you choose Oregon State. I'm sure your parents do, too, but if it's Montana State, be careful up there. They film Yellowstone and a lot of crazy things go on, so be <laughs> careful. But, uh, Taylor, congratulations uh, to you on the great success you've had in coming to a sport as late as you have, and we hope you, you bring home a national title next week in Portland. Taylor, it's been a pleasure visiting with you. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. A couple really of seniors it. at CV, high-achieving young people, uh, Karina Matthew and Taylor Riney, and good luck to them. Thanks to Coach Durbin for helping Put us in touch with two uh, shining lights at Crescent Valley High School. I think Dave and Tumwater has a follow to um, the conversation that we just had with Bill Walton. I will gift uh, Bill with the uh, the book. I, I know there's two books and the other on Captain Cook. I will present that, but I just thought for brevity's sake, Dave, I hope you'll understand. He was talking about Lewis and Clark. and you know, Yeah. And, it was a little more just uh, apropos at the moment to speak of the Columbia and Lewis and Clark <laughs> and your book. I will present it to him and he'll appreciate it. We'll take a break. If there's anything you'd like to jump in with, now's a good time. 497-5356, 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. Big Jim Wilson coming up in a few minutes as well on 1240. Joe Radio. Ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs Tire and Wheel in Albany. The Beggs Philomath store has closed, but the Albany Beggs Tire and Wheel location is open to serve all of their valued Philomath area customers and the rest of the Mid-Valley. Beggs in Albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road. Get your tires, wheels, tire services, and repairs at Beggs Tire and Wheel, the Valley's premier source for Cooper, Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Albin's Plumbing. Tired of the same old menu from restaurant to restaurant? The Growler Cafe in Lebanon has created a welcoming spot for all ages with a scratch menu, comforting atmosphere, and hand-selected craft beer and ciders. Their attention to detail from the penny floor to the delicious Canadian bacon is spot on. Be sure to check them out for lunch or dinner Tuesday through Saturday and brunch on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You won't be disappointed. 
What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of Saniam Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. That's mypowerhonda.com. Now's the time to get a great deal on a Kubota BX23S compact tractor on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The BX23S compact tractor is rated number one in durability and owner experience and with performance matched attachments. It's easy to operate too. You can get a Kubota BX23S compact tractor for as low as $0 down and 0% APR for up to 60 months now through June 30th. See Lynn Benton Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. 245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Hi, Beaver Nation. This is Damian Martinez, all-conference running back and packed up offensive freshman of the year. Damian stays on his feet, turns the corner. Damian and Collective, the preferred collective of Oregon State Athletics, is a one-stop shop for all OSU student-athletes and teams to create, optimize, and promote their brand, their name, image, and likeness opportunities. Visit damnationcollective.com to commit. Go Beavs. Picking his way into the end zone, up the middle, Damian Martinez. Touchdown, Beavers. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Our thanks to Taylor Riney and Karina Matthew for joining us on the program there at the top of the hour. Let us go to uh, Dave and Tumwater on the Downward Dog phone line in response to the great one himself, Bill Walton, appearing on the show. I hope, Dave, you uh, you caught my slipping in the fact that I'm going to present. Bo- I, I, didn't, I, I didn't mention both books, but the one on Lewis and Clark felt apropos in the moment. I hope you understood that. Dave, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks, uh, uh, Mike. Yes, I. I uh, in fact, the main reason I wanted to call was to thank you with a public acknowledgement for that very kind gesture. It's real, not only that verbal insertion, which I did pick up on, and I understood exactly the dynamic uh, that you were suggesting, since he had already mentioned Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. two, or th- two or three times. Right. Uh, so I, 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 my, that's my main reason uh, for calling. Uh, but I, I just simply, you know, I've heard my calls to you guys on a podcast, and I, I know I have uh, a, a pattern of verbal ticks and pauses uh, that is getting, actually getting more pronounced the older I get, which I already mentioned in, in kind of recognition of my, the awe with which I hold 
Bill Walton's ability to hold forth for upwards of 25 <laughs> to 30 minutes without a break, without a hymn, without a haul, full stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. but a logical stream of consciousness. I mean, you can literally hear him create a narrative edifice, build it up, build it back down. And I hope you both paid attention to his triads, his endiatries, mm-hmm. where he would where he would mention something in, in three patterns of three. So I, I wanted to call, I, I, again, I'm, he is, I just have ever-increasing respect for, her, for him as a rhetorician. Mm-hmm. He's actually quite amazing. And, and beyond that, Mike and John, your interviews with him, now think about this. That's quite a catalog of, of narrative reflection that you've created with him. I think there's some potential. I mean, you'd need Bill's permission, obviously. But nowhere, and, and he's everywhere in the media, or he's quite commonplace in the media, but nowhere, I dare say or suggest, do you find that long 30-minute, 20-minute Bill Walton riff? You guys have got a remarkable archive that you're slowly creating with Bill. I just want to highlight that and get you to think about what you might do with that going forward. But here's my last point. I know you got to get Big Jim Wilson on and take a break before that. But in that Netflix documentary, Mike, have they gotten to that famous press conference in Cleveland, I think 1964, 1965, there's uh, Bill Russell, there's Jim Brown. I think Dr. Martin Luther King is kind of cheering it. Muhammad Ali, maybe Jackie Robinson. I mean, just think of that. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. is Mount Rushmore caliber African-American leadership and athletic uh, athletic leadership. Have they gotten to that press conference yet in that documentary, Mike? No, I, it's in two parts. I've only seen part one. There are hints and, and allusions to his activism and involvement. But no, I would say that must be in part two. Yeah. But I've seen the, the photograph, and I think it may be a little later Dave, and the only reason I say that is, in the photograph that I remember that you're talking about with those incredible figures all together, one of them is a young Lou Alcindor. And Lou... Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so that's a little later. Lou Lou was a, a legend already at Power, uh, Power Memorial in, in New York, but when he was on that distinguished uh, dais, that panel of Jim Brown and Bill and... Uh, Muhammad Ali, Kareem, or then Lou Alcindor, was in his UCLA career circa 66, 67, 67, 68. So I think that the press conference you're referring to may be a little later. That's why it it didn't make part one of the documentary. Can I tell one last story relative to uh, putting Wilt Chamberlain in the framework? Uh, Bill Russell always did play mad. And I've said before, I mean, I hated the Celtics. I really hated Red Auerbach. I love Bill Walton. I'm I'm sorry, Bill Russell, Mm -hmm. because of his prowess as a player. But I'll never forget, whenever he, in the early CBS days of NBA coverage, I'm talking about the Bud Palmer era, Mm -hmm. 60, 61, 62, 63, they'd frequently have the Warriors and Celtics on. There'd be a post-game interview. Bill Russell was always, although he always dominated Wilt, the only guy who dominated him, 
he was always so kind to Wilt, Mike. Uh, they, Palmer would ask, Wilt, who's the best of all time? And Wilt would say, it's Russ. And he'd ask Russell, who's the best of all time? And although Russell always won when it counted, he always in that moment said, Wilt's the greatest. I've always loved the mm-hmm. man for it, mm-hmm. and I just want to get that last thought Okay, in great. Well. And, and Dave, too, if you have you seen... John says, and I agree with him, there must be, there, there has to be, given the, the incredible impact of Wilt Chamberlain's career, not quite so much in the same space as Russell. Bill was more uh, activist-minded, and in and, and, and the, the deep south that he grew up in, stay, you know, those experiences in the Jim Crow world, coming to Oakland, and the things that he experienced, Perhaps, you know, whatever inspired him, motivated him. He was more active in that world than Wilt. Wilt wasn't inactive, but Bill was more so. I have not seen a treatment a la the Netflix treatment that they've uh, provided for Bill's life on Wilt. Have you anywhere? No, I haven't, Mike, but I'm glad you brought that up because it just brings one last thought to mind. There has never been a more poignant title to a sports book then no one likes Goliath. Right. I mean, Mike, that just says it all. Yep. No one likes Goliath. And I, I'm actually getting kind of a little misty-eyed just thinking about it because the guy had the great misfortune of having to play at the same time Bill Russell did. Um, I mean, I, I loved Wilt. I had great respect for Bill Russell. I, I've just about said everything I yeah. have to say. Okay. Thanks for putting me on. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks for the uh, for the call. Um, there is a uh, I don't know if cheesy is too harsh, but there's a a lower budget movie. We talked about it on this show a few years ago, and I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty good, chronicling Wilt mm-hmm. going to Kansas and doing what he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, do, yeah, it was a documentary. Was it more about Kansas basketball? No, it was a movie about about Wilt going to. Oh, well, you know Kansas. what? I think I did see a little of that, I and mean, it yeah. wasn't bad. Right. You're right, but it, it wasn't, wasn't the great. whole arc of his career. No. And it wasn't great either, but right. it wasn't bad. I know it wasn't bad. You're and right. And I think, right. I want to say that Ralph Miller was invoked. I think the name Ralph Miller yes. does come up in it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Let's take a break yeah. and come back with a gentleman who I believe, <laughs> when we were talking earlier, on his, he was on his Bluetooth. He was making his trip down to Corvallis. Jim Wilson will work with Josh Warden later today. In fact, just a couple of hours away now, the pregame at 2.30 with them. TJ in here at 2.15. Jim was leaving his home in Vancouver, USA, and the roads were free and clear. And as he moved his way across the interstate bridge and into Portland, yeah, it's a little different in here. What, it didn't snow in Vancouver? I think he got through it okay. Not as much. He said the road, like nothing ever happened. Yeah. But once he got across the bridge and into Portland, he began to see cars, a few cars on the road and some well, remnants ten, of ten the big Ten inches storm. of snow doesn't melt that quick when it's this right. cold. So we'll get an update from Jim and his thoughts about baseball and other things with uh, the OSU Hall of Famer, Big Jim Wilson, next on 1240 Joe Radio. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be. Thieves.
Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as blue pine TG, shiplap pine, and S4S dimensional pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growler. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. Where in Corvallis can you watch the beavers on TV? Enjoy your favorite sub sandwich while drinking a cold craft beer or sipping on a glass of wine. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers, that's where. It's a great combination. Stop by on 5th Street, downtown Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growler. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. You have three days to really save during the inventory clearance sale now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. The aisles and departments at Coastal are packed. That means big savings for you during the inventory clearance sale going on now at Coastal. The savings are huge, like 50% off the regular price on select outerwear and fall apparel. 20% off regular prices on all footwear in stock, including Ariat, Georgia, Danner, Dustin, and more. Need feed? Buy three bags and get one free on all feed in stock. Free bag of equal or lesser value. Three free bags with qualified purchase. All sales limited to stock on hand. It's the inventory clearance sale going on now at Coastal. Shop in-store or online. Check out the sales flyer at CoastalCountry.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Corvallis. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Readers of the Albany Democrat Herald voted Stutzman Krupp Contractors the best roofer in the Mid-Valley for 2021 and 2022. As Stutzman and Krupp, they employ a large team of roofers so they get in and get it done. Often in just one day. Ask about their special winter rates. Estimates are free, and there's financing available, too. So if you need a new roof, call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. OSU Hall of Famer Big Jim Wilson getting ready. Final preparations for his work with our own Josh Warden coming up at 2.30 today for the pregame. The game moved because of the anticipated very cold temperatures, not as though it's it's balmy at 3 o'clock. It won't be. Let's see what it is now. But sunny. 38 in Corvallis. Okay. What game time temperature? Probably in the same uh, territory. Maybe cooler. Actually, 41 at game time. Okay. By 5 o'clock, 38. 
And then mid forties or mid thirties, mid to lower thirties around the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Well, Big Jim Wilson has played in all weathers, so let, we'll start with Jim. There's a lot of things we want to talk to him about, but let's since we're talking weather and he's here, and it looks as though today and tomorrow are going to be like this. Sunday may be a little different story for the series with Coppin State. Jim, it's good to have you on the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks for taking time before you head to the ballpark. What is it like to play in weather like this? I'm sure you have. Windy, cold, 38, but feels like 28. I mean, what's it like as a ball player in conditions like this? I, I think it's hard. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's pitching weather, to be honest with you, because the pitcher is constantly in action and in motion and so mm-hmm. forth. And so he has the, he has the ball and, and the hand and the ball is fine. Uh, but the rest of the guys are standing around, and then as a hitter, oh, it's just so – I did not actually wear batting gloves. I didn't like to. I loved the feel of, of a wood bat in my hands. But the only time I would make exceptions is days like today when it's really cold or in some places I played in the course of my, my career, it, it is so hot and muggy. And the humidity is so high that you just can't you can't keep your hand your hands are wet and you just can't do anything about it. That's where the you know all that uh, pine tar and gloves and all that stuff. But th- those are the two exceptions. I- I'd like just having it uh, having my hands, but it's just too cold. It- it- it's uh, it's hard to hit. I think in the cold. How, b- how much layering can a fielder get away with to where you can move your arms to the unencumbered? Unencumbered. Can- how much can you do? Uh, that's a, that's an individual thing. Um, I, 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 I couldn't do too much. I, those like, uh, really tight. I forgot what kind of the, the fabric is that they really cling to you. The, those tend to work almost, it's almost like wearing a, a scuba diving suit type of thing. It's really tight and, but it's not that heavy. Um, those things are pretty good and they keep the heat in, but some people, they just keep bundling up and bundling up. And I remember the first time we saw, what was it, Nick Madrigal? He'd wear a hood. <laughs> he'd wear a hoodie, and he'd wear the hood over yeah. under his hat, and mm-hmm. the hood would be on, and then his hat would be over that. So, yeah, you know, I, everybody, it's interesting. We'll see if somebody will go uh, uh, Bud Grant and go out there with just uh, no sleeves today. Right. No, George Allen tried it one year in a playoff game against Bud Grant, but at halftime had a jacket on. So, you know, that that's how that worked. And he lost. He was up 17-7 at the half, put on the jacket, and lost 23-20. Not that I remember or were, uh, got hurt by that game, but I remember and got hurt by the game. Now, Jimmy, you, you said something interesting to me, and I wondered, did you actually, when you had the choice in high school Legion ball or, or other levels, even at Oregon State, I mean, would you use wood over metal, even when metal be, was the 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 choice of the land and became predominant would you still sometimes choose wood in an Oregon State game or are we talking summer ball or what no absolutely not I I when I so I'm at the age where uh, aluminum bats first started coming into play when I was in Little League mm-hmm. and so you the only time I ever really had a choice either or was like in Little League so I'm eight nine years yeah. old yeah and you got some wood bats and you got some aluminum bats. Well, shoot, I, I would use the wood bats. That's what we always had used, you know, until, you know, like when I was in high school, it was like, 
Yeah, aluminum was the only thing you know amateur yeah. would use, and uh, obviously in college as well. And in college, I wore batting gloves. I couldn't stand the rubber handle mm-hmm. on the on the bat on my hand. I, I, I hated it. It hurt. And uh, so I would wear I would wear batting gloves in uh, in college. But I was talking about it professionally then when I when I when it was wood. Um, yeah, is when I really just liked. I, I absolutely just loved just just my hands and and, and the wood bat. Mm-hmm. But no, absolutely, a mm-hmm. woman bat is it's a, it's just a better animal. It's, right, it's a better weapon. Than, okay, than we'll, the wood. we'll get to beaver baseball. I just have to ask since we're on this thread, and it made me think of it. And I don't know if you're. If you were playing at this time, did you load up with what they have now, starting with bonds with all these arm guards and leg guards <laughs> and stuff like that? Because before all of that, if you had to take take one for the team, like the kid in Bad News Bears, you didn't have that protection. No, uh, I, I that was I, I my time predated all that, all, all the armor, uh, <laughs> and I, I led I led almost every league I played in and hit by pitch. I got hit all the time. Oh. And, um, but you know, that no people weren't wearing any of that stuff. Um, I, I think the first thing I considered was one of those foot guards on the inside of your lead foot, because I was getting to the point where about once a month, I'd just bang a foul ball right off my, right off my front foot. And it's those sinker ball guys trying to get in on your hands and you're trying to just dig it out of there. And instead you just drive it right into your foot. And uh, I thought about that, but, you know, it's like, you know, how often am I really doing this? And I'm not, it's, it's not like it would have slowed me down, but I, I never did wear any of that gear. Jim Wilson joining us. Jim, you followed closely all four games in surprise, watching, listening, following along, live stats, whatever else. What did you come away with from that wor- first weekend in surprise with a long season still ahead about Beaver baseball at least weekend one? Well, the first game surprised me, but I also realized that this team, we're not even going to really know too much about this team until weeks and weeks from now. I mean, they could, they could storm out of the gate and then, and then maybe have a lull or they could just go strong all year. It, there's just, who knows because of the, the turnover on the team. I mean, like last year, for example, who was, who really knew that the Beavers were going to have the kind of year that they had? They were they won 45, 46 games, and Cooper Jerpy was their Friday night pitcher. He was a first-round pick. He was a consensus All-American, and he had a losing record coming into last season. His career record was 6-7 and seven heading into last year. So, yeah, there were signs. They, they knew he was going to be good, but we didn't know that good. Or, you know, who who had Justin Boyd as a second-round draft pick after, you know, stealing bases and hitting homers and hitting 350? And uh, who had Wade Meckler getting drafted in the eighth round after hitting, you know, 350 with uh, truckloaded doubles and just a fantastic season? So who who's to say that who are those guys this year? There's going to be some guys that step up. Uh, maybe it's uh, Brady Casper and... And uh, McDowell, Michael McDowell, that are, have a, a big uh, um, poster of Justin Boyd and Wade Meckler in their lockers because that's they could be that guy. Why not? And and who's going to be that pitcher that that becomes the the Cooper or the, the Cooper Jerby or what have you? And then who is the newcomers? I mean, Ben Ferrer, who is he? Oh, oh, by the way, he, he was pretty darn good. 
And so there's going to be newcomers, and we don't even know who they are yet, really. And so that's what I'm excited about now. It's just we want to see who these guys are and see what they look like. And, and uh, you know, we've read the name. We know the bio. We, we know all that. But I want to see what they look like in a uniform. Yeah. How, how long do you think that might, that might take to get a shaping? I know there was great improvement from game one to game four over the weekend. Oh, there's no question. I, I, I think it, it, sometimes it just wakes you up. The, the, the people that are in Arizona or you're playing New Mexico, who I, I guarantee you they're out more, can get more quality outside time than, than you can in Corvallis. And sometimes that first series, it's like, whoa, wow, you know, I have no timing out here. I don't, you know, baseball is a game of, of timing. And so it, it, it was one game, and, you know, after that game, I, you know, I quit on the team. I thought that they had no chance to, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, yeah. it, that, you know how that goes. But it was really nice to see how strongly they did bounce back. And, and in fact, they played their best game in, against probably the best opponent in mm-hmm. Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Jim Wilson joining us. Jim, the, you know how baseball people are when you, you start talking about certain moments. Roger Angel, the great writer, wrote a whole essay with the theme, Tell Me a Homer. And the whole essay is him going around spring training one year, many years ago. Tell me about a home run you once saw that caught your attention or the longest home run or whatever. And tale after tale, baseball people, oh, I saw Reggie Jackson one time in a spring training game or Dave Kingman or whatever else. I'm not going to put Gavin Turley's home run in that category per se. I didn't see it. But yesterday, Jim, when I brought it up to all the coaches, they just all as one, oh my, oh my goodness, that type of reaction to that homer. Now, I don't know what that portends, what it may mean, but it does tell me there may be some, <laughs> some real raw pop there based on Darwin's reaction in particular. Well, it, it means that he can hit a long one. And, and, you know, I mean, Jack Riley always used to say, once you see a guy do something once, you know he can do it. And... Um, I watched the, actually, I saw the a Twitter feed or some video of it, and it's like, wow, he, he looked like a home run. I mean, mm-hmm. it was the, from behind the center field camera, that view, and uh, wow, hanging breaking ball, and he just shows bat speed and just crushes it. And then they, they, they get the, the video then goes to where it lands, but I don't know if I saw it land because um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I didn't get a chance to see the majestic sort, but I can just tell you that looking from just behind the picture of that view, that's a home run. I mean, the minute it let, you know, that's a home run. If you're watching a game just live, that's a home run. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's what caught, caught my eye about that. I will tell you there, tell me a home run. I think you might've been there, Mike, was when uh, Dave Kingman, I think, <laughs> hit a 3-0 pitch yes. out at uh, what is uh, in Portland. Yeah. It was at the time either Civic or Multnomah. But th- that ball, that, it just took wings. It, you know how you hit a golf ball and it just get, starts getting small? No. That's, that's the way that ball was hit. Yeah. Jim, I was there. Now, if you Can you trivia question? I wish I could have a prize for you. You'll probably know it because you were there. I was there. I called it. The 3-0 pitch was delivered by whom? Uh, Huffman, I believe. <laughs> yes, you're right. I was going to say Louis. Phil yeah. Huffman. And it was a Phil three. Huffman. Yeah, Phil Huffman, former Baltimore prospect, I think. But yeah. it was a 3 0 pitch, and Kingman didn't miss it, did he? 
No. <laughs> hit the Oregonian no. building? Just about. No, he hit that ball. There was a Mercedes Benz uh, <laughs> uh, dealership across the road, <laughs> and I think that ball was breaking windows, several windows over yeah. there. It, it was he hit that ball so far. I was in the my vantage point from that, Mike, was I was in the bullpen. I don't know why, mm-hmm. and they had to go to the clubhouse and came back out. And so I had such an interesting view, mm-hmm. you know, looking that way. For, you know, the view from the, the would be the first base uh, bullpen. And, and that ball was hit so far. <laughs> <laughs> One of those that there's almost snickers, right? I mean, you know, you're not, you know that Phil, yeah. Huff, you, Phil Huffman isn't happy in that moment, and you're not going to, He's not going to be out there snickering, but that's one of those moments where everybody's going. Oh my gosh! You know what I mean? Charlie Manuel's probably yeah, we'll, Charlie's probably told we'll the story. Give it about a week. Yeah, we'll give it about a week, and then we'll start teasing him. <laughs> it's funny that Kingman's name, Jim, comes up often in those "Tell Me a Homer" stories. That man did have. I mean, it, it, Charlie Manuel again said of Kingman. When Kingman hit one in spring training, like in 1971 down in Phoenix, as Dave was rounding first, Charlie playing first base just said, son, you just hit the longest home run I've ever seen. <laughs> What's the longest? Yeah, you, it, it, well, he yeah. was a thing. Uh, Kingman was a big guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe six, five. Mm-hmm. And he had a long swing. And so, I mean, he had an incredible strikeout numbers and, and incredible home run numbers. Yeah. But when he hit one, they just would just go just go Jim what was your what was your longest I mean just I mean hitters remember home runs did you did you get one to the to the physical plant building over the trees once at uh Coleman Field I mean what did what do you were or did you hit someone on the road somewhere that you would call your longest uh, the longest ball I think I've ever hit at Goss Stadium and I've hit I hit some home and dead center you know straight away and and um, I, I, I think in games, we were talking about games. Yes. Uh, I, I think I hit one in the trees in the left that, you know, got to at least near the bottom. But one day, my friend Mickey Riley, a, a guy named Chris Kemp, and uh, there was one other. We were, we were just hitting. We were playing at, at, at golf. I think it was between... Uh, I think it was after my junior year, but I, we, anyway, we're hitting and, um, uh, Chris Kemp was throwing and he was throwing great. It, he was, he, he was a great VP guy. And I don't know what the, I don't know why, but I think the ball was really carrying, but I, I, I hit one to, towards left center and it, that, it got into the trees, uh, in left center. And it just, it's like, wow, that ball went further, way further than I thought it was going to go. And sometimes it's more the uh, it's more the elements, you know. It's the, mm-hmm. the way. I mean, I think I hit a ball in Mexico City that it, it probably, in terms of distance, went farther than any other home run. I guess I didn't think it hit it that great, but I mean, that's six thousand some some yeah. feet above. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. The only yeah. thing that thing had to fight was small. That's the that's right. <laughs> Hey, Jim. Last thing on Beaver baseball. What are you most looking for? As you said, you want to see Easton Talt in a uniform and Gavin Turley and how they look, how they move. Anything from a pitching standpoint, lineup standpoint, defensive, anything from the weekend again last weekend, just as you and Josh call these games this weekend, that you'll kind of be looking in on maybe what the rotation rolls out of the bullpen, et cetera. All of it. Just, uh, yeah, there's nothing I, I would say in particular, just, just all of it. 
uh, how the pictures unfold, uh, I think is interesting. I, I'm pretty sure that Sellers and Kamat will be on the front end of their weekend rotation. Uh, Jaron Hunter was really good to finish the year last year, but I think the upside of of Lattery and Ian Lawson is something that has to be, you know, looked at. And uh, the, the freshman Hutchinson, you know, coming from the right side, can somebody step up from the left side of the mound? And then just, you know, I mean, all this talk, you could we'd probably talk for 30 minutes more and not even mention uh, Garrett Forrester or Travis Pizana because they're just sort of givens on that right side. So I just want to see it all. I want to see the team, and, and, and uh, it, I think it's going to be a fun year. Yeah, and Ian Lawson, as you mentioned, too, I you listen. You know, I listening to Josh, who did such a great job last weekend down in Surprise, you will work with him. Uh, for this uh, upcoming series, I, Joshy, when he was describing Ian Lawson stuff, just the way he would you know, put him uh, 92 on the gun, whatever else, 91 to 94, touch 94. It just sounded, he sounded like a different guy. Maybe that's just a, a year of maturation, Jim, that, that we can look forward to seeing how he can build on that. Well, and that's just what you heard. And then you looked in the box score, and he's got three scoreless innings with six strikeouts right. and no no runs and no hits. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, it not only sounded pretty good uh, over the radio, but it must have looked pretty darn yeah. good uh, in real life. And so that, I think there's an upside there that, that I think is clearly going to uh, uh, play at some point somehow. I mean, whether it's it's like Ben Ferrer, people ask me, well, what was his role last year? And his role was, well, when it's winning time, he's in. Mm-hmm. You know, when it, yeah, that might be in the fourth inning. Right. And, you know, it, bases are loaded. You know, who knows? Uh, who knows? And that could be in for a while until Ben Ferrer comes back, uh, or until maybe he busts into the uh, uh, rotation or mm-hmm. becomes the Tuesday guy or what have you. But there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, I think AJ Lattery has a chance to be be that guy, and Jaron Hunter is yet mm-hmm. is that guy right now, the third guy. And there's no reason for him not to be going forward if he keeps doing what he's done in the last uh, half of last year and and starting out this year. And really solid back of the plate. Tanner Smith's going to catch a lot of innings, but he wants to. He covets that. Uh, And Tanner looks like he's off to a good start defensively, hit a grand slam. So, I mean, it's so early, Jim. You're right. We don't know how this whole thing's going to play out. But the way they finish the weekend in surprise I think should give Beaver Nation, Beaver fans coming out to brave the cold this weekend, some genuine excitement for what's going to unfold this year. Do you do you kind of have that feeling? I do, and and one thing I will say now, I don't, I, I do know a lot about Coffin State. I mean, I've done the necessary study on it, but I don't know what really to expect. I, I think the Beavers would be disappointed if they won two out of three. I mean, I right. think they they're expecting to to win three. Uh, but then the next, uh, they go to Cal Poly. Cal Poly was, I think, three and one right now. Then that Tuesday game at home, uh, University of San Diego, that's a good baseball team. And then the Beavers open the Pac 12 play at home against Washington State. And that is a veteran Washington State mm-hmm. team. They, they want, they're four and oh right now. And, and they're going to have a little tougher competition this week during the Tony Gwynn Classic. And they'll see some good, good teams there. But that, that's the weekend right there where we'll find out. We'll we'll get a good idea where they're at is, is when the Cougars are in town for a a Pac 12 conference uh, opener, 
three games, we'll, we'll have a yeah. lot better idea where, where this team's headed at that point. Jimmy, it's always good to talk to you. I'll see you around the ballpark uh, this weekend. Beaver basketball tomorrow night. Hope you can make it in for that. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for taking time uh, for the Joe Beaver Show, Jimmy. Have a good time with young Josh this weekend for the series, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Okay, thank you. And basketball tomorrow is a doubleheader. We haven't talked much hoops today. We've been preoccupied. But it is a doubleheader in a sense. With 11.30. 11.30. Two games. Ron Callen at 11.30. And then yours truly at 6.30. And senior day for uh, three yeah. seniors tomorrow. I believe they're going to do things at around 11.30. That's what someone texted Another, I went to the game last <clears throat> night. And we haven't talked about it much. Because it's not. It, it's been a tough year for, yeah. for both basketball programs. That's for yeah. sure. Love to see them tomorrow on the same day, kind of have it all come together. Oh, you know, and great. the men beating USC the last time they were at home, and I, I I think that game's in play, wide open. They have two Saturday wins in a row. Yeah. I, I Colorado so, and, and USC. Exactly. And, you know, I'd love to see the Beaver men put it together for a big night, let it, you know, just go, man, go. Play hard, go out, lay it all out there, and try to defeat the University of Oregon, which has been certainly up and down, to say the least, this year. Dana is sitting on, I think, 25 consecutive winning seasons as a head coach. The Beavers, with a victory, could maybe, you know, if they could not push that, that group towards... off, you know, can you can you maybe push them towards finding it, uh, ending that streak? Who comes to town next week? The Bay Area School. Okay. So they still lo- even lose tomorrow. They still have a chance, yeah, I think, yeah. to, to, to get that. But the women's basketball team it's just the quietness of gill mm. it was just the, i think there's just a sense of kind of what not again what's happening i i hope they can get through all of that tomorrow and put it all together they've had a lot of close difficult painful losses maybe the cumulative effect has had something to do with not being able to hang on to leads late and the groove of uh oh here we go again whatever else been a tough long year but i expect good things tomorrow in hoops Good things in baseball all weekend. Want to thank all of you for joining us today. See you tomorrow at Gill on 1240 Joe Radio. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.